Hello, everyone. My name is Joanne Lockwood, and I'm your host for the Inclusion Bites podcast. In this series, I will be interviewing a number of amazing people and simply having a conversation around the subject of inclusion, belonging, and generally making the world a better place for everyone to thrive. If you'd like to join me in the future, then please do drop me a line to joe.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. That's S-double-E, changehappen.co.uk. You can catch up with all of the previous shows on iTunes, Spotify, and the usual places. So plug in your headphones, grab a decal, and let's get going. Today is episode 21, with the title, Planting a Seed of Kindness and Understanding. And I have the absolute honour and privilege to be joined by Riles. Riles described himself as a boy from a small town in Ukraine who had big dreams and refused to listen to anyone who told him otherwise. When I asked Riles to describe his superpower, he said, being connected directly to the source of energy that his body is producing. Hello, Riles. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Joanne. It is my pleasure to be here today. You said grab a decaf. I would grab <laughs> coffee just for regular and tons of it because it's still 9.30 in the morning in New York. And I definitely need some coffee to wake up. <laughs> I am so honored to be here and to meet you. Cheers. 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 Um, today we I can't hit start. We can't hit Starbucks. We've got to. We've got to make our own today, haven't we? We have to. Still locked down. <laughs> uh, today is actually the first day in New York when it's uh, a bit cloudy and the weather dropped to 13 degrees Celsius, which is made us even closer. I don't know how it, how it is in UK right now, but it feels very odd. It's, it, it's been a bit of a mini heat wave. We're, we're, we're about 22 degrees over here at the moment, which is what I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's uh, in European measures, it's about 22. And it's, uh, it's actually quite, uh, quite nice oh, for nice. middle of September. Yeah. Very really nice. Good. nice. All right. So we exchanged a little, we got you the heat wave and we got, you have, oh, nice. you have, yeah. Nice. It's a very British conversation, you know, talking about the weather. A Ukrainian in New York talking about the weather with a Brit. I know, I know. <laughs> I have prepared. So let's talk about the weather. I know. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, God, tell me, I mean, you, you, in the show notes, you, you put this phrase in there, planting the seed of kindness and understanding. So what does that mean to you? Where did that come from? I'll start with um, my father. My father was um, my stepfather, but um, he raised me from when I was one and a half years old. And my father, he passed away in 2013. Um, but he was the one who was, a, you know, that spiritual person in my life who would always uh, told me things so wisely and so subtle that... I think that was planting a seed in me, in that kid who did not understand what is he saying. But in years, that seed would grow, would grow into a big, big tree in a big, big forest. And I think he was the one who planted kind, kindness and love and compassion and empathy to the whole entire world and to, you know, to the people I know and to friends and family. And I still recall his words in every step of the way in my life. And, um, 
Yeah, he, he, I think he was the one. He was the one who started that process in me, uh, turning that little boy into a man with understanding. So um, I was growing up being gay in Ukraine, uh, growing up in the closet um, under the pressure of society and under the pressure of my own friends and family who, um, you know, would joke around, would shame, not me, because I wouldn't let myself since, since I was 13, I said to myself, no more, no more. I have to, I have to create this shield. I have to be, you know, as straight as possible. I have to be as uh, smart as possible, as wise as possible, as kind as possible to just by the, by having this shield, uh, show people that you're, you're not going to get me. So you don't even have to try. Um, and you know, the shield was growing, uh, over the years, over 10 years of my life when I would not recognize myself anymore. Uh, and I thought that, you know, this is, this is me, I guess I've shaped myself into who I am, even though this is a completely different person. And now I'm having troubles with myself, troubles living my life. Um, but yet I still had a dream to change it, to change, you know, my surroundings, to change my life because this is my life and I have to, I have to build it. Um, that's when I moved to the United States and, um, started my new journey, the journey of who I really am. And still with the words of my father in my heart that you make it you're the kindest person I know. And, um, yeah, that everything's going to be okay. Even though you don't have the answers now, keep going, carry on. That must've been, um, a real moment in your life when you made that decision to, to leave your, your hometown, your, your, your family, your, your friends and ship yourself off to New York. I mean, even though the world's a smaller place than it today than it was 30, 40 years ago, that's still a big deal, isn't it? To go from one culture that is significantly different to another culture, isn't it? And uh, alone effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always had a, I don't know if that's the movies that shaped me, uh, that shaped my brain that there is a better life somewhere or just the longing inside that, if I don't belong to this place, I'm sure there is a place on earth right now where I could find myself. Um, and I always had this, you know, New York was like my North star that I would always see somewhere. I, I didn't know what's behind it. I didn't know what's there, but it was sort of a direction for me to go. And when you have this direct, when you have hope in your heart, you can go through the most difficult experiences in your life. Mm. Just because you know that somewhere you believe that somewhere there is a solution or you just have a sense of direction where you have to go. So when I was 18, my family and like me, uh, we didn't have any money, any big money. So nobody would even, you know, dream of flying somewhere, not moving somewhere. Um, 
and here was me, <laughs> 13 years old. I'm like, um, when I'm going to be in t- 18, I'll, you know, I'll travel the world. I'll be trying to move to America. I'll, I'll be in New York. I'll start my life. And, um, that's where nobody, nobody would even think that that would be possible. So nobody would find those words that, yeah, you know, you just believe in yourself. You just carry on, except my father before, um, before very the end, uh, we would have that conversation and he would say how much he believes in me. Um, but nobody until then was like, yeah, you're going to make it. Even though that seemed ridiculously hard, nobody would find the words to, uh, encourage that. So that's where you had to, you know, shape yourself into this strong person with self-motivation, with, uh, seeing that North star, even in a cloudy day, just knowing it's there, even if you can see it now, you just know it's there and the cloud's going to move and you're going to see it again. And when I was 18, uh, I said to my mom, all right, well, I'm 18 now in the summer, (laughs) there's a program called work and travel. I think I'm going to travel to the United States and see how it goes. And that's where my mom freaked out. (laughs) She, She actually found out that that was real. She actually found out that my words that I was saying and preparing her for five years, that they're real. And she cried. She started crying. She's like, what do you mean? (laughs) How is it possible? Why? And, um, I worked hard a few jobs during my, um, university years and I had a scholarship. Um, so I just, you know, gathered all my money together borrowed some money and uh, was able to pay for that program. I still don't know how, but it happened. I just wanted it so much that nothing could stop me. Um, And there I am crying on the plane when we are landing in the United States. Um, Yeah, facing new challenges, I think, that will shape me into a person that I am right now. Um, but that's where the journey begins of, um, yeah, me sort of re-evaluating my life and, uh, finding a way to live your true life. And though Mm. it will happen five years later, but I think that would be, you know, a hook in my brain that will start a completely new process of thoughts. Um, had you traveled much before or was this your first venture across the Atlantic? I, I think I traveled to Hungary when I was 12 with uh, the group of my dancing group. We uh, attended a competition. That was my first abroad trip. And then I, um, no, I don't think, yeah, I think that was my first trip and right to right across Atlantica. Yeah. And then, wow. then I came back and I traveled a little around Europe, uh, sort of with a backpack, like, uh, with, yeah. um, yeah, hitchhiking. There was amazing. There was great, great experience. The cheapest hotels, the car, uh, from, uh, town to town, from, uh, Budapest to Vienna, from Vienna to Graz, from Graz to, uh, Venice. It, it was beautiful. Um, 
But yeah, my first trip was whew, straight nine hours on a plane. Wow. So this is no kind of like, this is going to be okay. I've done it before. This is like literally pack your bag, get on a plane, see what happens. Absolutely. It's just, there's, yeah. this ma- there's this magnet that just like, you know, pulling you in and uh, you just, you're not resisting. You're just following it. Follow that. So you weren't, you weren't going with any plan as such other than to land and see what happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that, you know, if I do it through the program, I'll at least have a job and I, I'll have yeah. a place to stay. So I, I'm not completely lost because still being in Ukraine, you're in the bubble and you're a kid, like you're still a kid. Um, you don't have much experiences, you know, being abroad or dealing with, I don't know, paying the bills and finding places to stay or finding a job in a different country. Um, so I was a little secure about that, but I wanted to experience, um, how is it here? Who are those people? (laughs) Mm. What do we eat? What do we say? What do we watch? Um, so that was my first touch with, um, with a culture. And I met, um, I met a family by the pool. I worked as a lifeguard. I met a family by the pool. I met a cat first. (laughs) I met their cat. Uh, and she was a three color cat, just like I did. I did, I did have at home. And, um, and then this woman appears in front of me and she's like, I really hope she will not bother you. <laughs> this is Ginger. She will come to the pool very often. We'll live right there. And she was the first customer, customer, a person that I met. Um, and how many years later to seven years later, that lady walked me down the aisle because my mom couldn't make it to the wedding here. And Diane, yeah. Um, you know, we are all connected now. We're all a big family, but that's how it all began. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. So you would have been in Ukraine as a, a young person at the time of the revolution and the time of the trouble there. Cause I was in, as I think I mentioned to you earlier, I was in Kiev, last year i think it was last year and just hearing the stories and seeing what had gone on less than 10 years ago i mean seven or eight years ago you would so you're 25 now you would have been 17 18 at the time would you? yes same, same year as i came back from the states i think it started and i might be wrong but november somewhere close to uh winter yeah first of all uh it's amazing that you visited ukraine <laughs> i hope you liked kiev uh, yeah, I haven't been to UK yet, but I, that's one of the dreams of mine. Definitely going to visit you. Maybe we'll grab coffee <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd well, love to. hope the yeah. pandemic is over by then. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, revolution started so um, sudden, I'd say. Um, but during that time, we were attending university and uh, in the independent square where everything would take action. It was right above the subway that, yeah, we would go to, um, to study. Uh, and, um, a lot of the times they would just close the subway because there's a chance that there's, you know, a bomb or something. So we would have to go around and find another way to get home. But, um, it, it was, it was scary for sure. Um, people were, you know, on their feet, People were driven by the force because it um, it is hard to um, just make it through the life in uh, poverty 
in, uh, you know, being suppressed and just, um, when people have that drive, even if they don't know completely what they're doing, but they just finally, you know, stand up on their feet and they're protesting because that's their lives and they want to change. Um, that's when it happens. It doesn't happen often. You see that there's not much changed in Ukraine and people are still protesting, but it's not as big because a lot of us just give up and be like, ah, you know, I can make it through the day. So I'll make it through the week. I can make it through the week. Mm. I'll make it through a year. It's fine. That completely does not touch me. I'll just, I'll be just fine. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a big thing. And Crimea was separated from us. Um, very, very beautiful place. Very beautiful place. I've been there uh, also by myself. Uh, traveled. Um, amazing, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, people just stopped going there as much as often. Um, now everybody's going to Odessa. Odessa is overwhelmed. <laughs> by okay. So, so, so many people. But... Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's not always in our power to change, but whatever we can, we can. So my limited experience of, uh, of Ukraine for my, my, my week-long visit there, um, you've got the East Ukraine and West Ukraine where the Eastern side is more Russian-speaking, the Western side is is less Russian-speaking, and there's a kind of like a East-West divide within Ukraine itself, isn't there? Uh, there is, there is. It's not... Um... I, I was sort of in the capital, right? I was a small town right beside Kiev. So um, my family was a Russian-speaking family. I speak fluently uh, Russian and fluently Ukrainian, and I don't like to mix them together as a lot of people do and uh, creating their own language, um, which is if you're not from Ukraine or you're learning Ukrainian or Russian, you will not get. <laughs> so um, there is... Um, there is two parts of Ukraine, as you said, that's correct. But um, personally, I did not feel, you know, that um, the different sort of like if you're in West Ukraine, yes, everybody's speaking Ukrainian, which is it is Ukraine. So it is your language. You know what I mean? And if you are in the east of Ukraine, everybody's speaking Russian, which I do speak Russian. We all speak Russian because, you know, Soviet Union broke up not so long ago. So our parents were still born there and obviously they spoke Russian. So they're sort of like took the position. Okay. I know Russian. I'll learn Ukrainian. I'll speak both, but this is the country and I'll respect that. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there are people as everywhere, probably in every country where, you know, the, the, the point of view is completely different and they will stand by it without the exception of the one another for sure. Um, my friends and my family wasn't one of those people. Um, thank God. So I cannot speak from the experience of, you know, the protesting side. Um, but yes, it, it is there and it's part of the nation for sure. Mm. I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Poland in Gdansk um, probably about 15 years ago. And uh, I, I had the immense privilege to meet Lech Wałęsa, um, who is often credited for being 
maybe the start of the end of, of, of communism in some, some parts of Europe and wow. instrumental in bringing down the Berlin Wall and, and, and starting that movement. And such a, an iconic figure. And but to hear the stories of, of who are people who are my friends in Poland, because I went there with, with some friends who, who live there, they were actually part of that solidarity movement. They, they were imprisoned by the police. They were, they were kept, kept uh, in solitary confinement, beaten, and people didn't know where they were. So that whole revolution experience, talking to my Polish friends at the time, was very powerful. But then to, to come to Kiev and hear the stories of in Independence Square with the snipers on the roof, learning about the people who were shot down in just in a the crowd. These were just ordinary people out for the day shopping or whatever they're doing. Uh, in a country that I felt was so typically European, when I visited Kiev, it, it seemed very, very Western and normal to me, um, whatever normal may mean. So it felt really strange to be somewhere where there'd been so much trouble and violence less than five or six years ago. And that's, that, that really was powerful to read the stories and see the candles and see the photographs of those people who died that day and see the legacy of the, the monuments in Independence Square, um, all the pictures of, of what was going on at those times was immensely powerful. And I, 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 just, I defy anyone to go there and not feel the emotional connection uh, with the stories, and, and it, it would take a very, a very hard person not to feel a tear or, or, or feel feel some sadness for what went on. And, uh, yeah, and it reminds us all that we live in this world where that still happens. It's still happening now in many countries in the world, and uh, and it's not just even even some of the more westernized countries that have the same trouble. We have, we have troubles in. In riots in America, you know, there's still the Black Lives Matter, and so still people are fighting oppression, aren't they, all over the world? Absolutely. That's um, you know one of the one of the stories that we are trying to share, me and my husband, to people even here and to our friends and to our families. That um, because as I moved to New York, and uh, a year after I when I moved to New York, and people were asking me, you know you're gay, right? I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> and it was so hard for me to overcome, you know, years and years of shame and suppression that I would like, I think I would blush saying that, yes, I am like a, like a child. Cause I think I was a child in this field. I was coming out so slow and learning to walk. And a year after, I think I, I've, so much anger was like just bursting out of me because I couldn't live a life that I sort of was given, um, that I had to came out, I had to come out, come out to my mom, to my brother, to my friends. And it was, it was the hardest thing to do. And, but I, I felt like, you know, there, there was a wall that, that was getting higher and higher between me and my mom because of that acceptance uh, of me not accepting myself, me not accepting my mom. And I felt like mom's not accepting me. So I had to just break it down and uh, make that wall to fall. Um, so the last conversation we had, I was flying to California watching the movie Love, Simon, which is a uh, I thought like, oh, you know, a cliche. All right, he's coming out. So what? The jealousy was talking in, in me. And um, 
I watched this movie, I was completely crying, always crying on the planes. If you see me on a plane and I'm watching a movie, I'm going to cry because it's always, uh, always drama. Um, I flew to see my friend in California and I had a feeling like this is, this is the day that I'm going to talk to my mom. Um, we had a conversation I couldn't say a word. And then we got into a fight again. And then I'm like, this is it. Like I hung up and I'm like, we're not going anywhere anymore. I can't share my life with her. And my life is starting, you know, booming here because I came out here and I'm living and I'm being myself. And I, I texted her, I need to talk to you. She's like, all right, like call me back. I call her back. I FaceTime her and, uh, I started crying little by little. I'm like, mom, uh, you know, as I, I, as I would put it, as people in Ukraine say, you're not a traditional orientation which she would, uh, which she would say right away, what is traditional? I'm like, yeah. okay, this is weird <laughs> hearing it from my mom. And then I'm like, mom, I'm gay. She's like, well, she, uh, she said, you cannot, you know, change my life. I cannot change yours. And if you're happy, then she would go into a phase for a year into sort of like back and forth. It's like, you know, you had such a nice friend, your girlfriend, like that would be so nice if you were guys together. I'm like, Mom, I'm literally getting married. <laughs> like, what are we talking about right now? But then she loves my husband. She she now never asks me how am I. She's asking how are you guys? How's everything? Um, it's very sweet. Um, very sweet. Um, so I took that must be really magical for you, where all that apprehension, all of that nervousness, and mm. then to find that almost undying motherly affection and acceptance must have been fantastic. I know. And then I had to find an acceptance for myself again and not be angry at the world and not be angry for all the years that I've sort of lost and didn't have, you know, a school dance with the person I liked or didn't have dates or didn't have whatever all the teenagers had. Uh, still working on that, I think, but psychologists really helped. I had to unburden yeah. my brain completely because I said, I'm, I'm not moving forward. I'm, 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 I've completely stopped, but still, you know, it's been three years and my life has changed completely, completely. And it's almost easy to forget that you're living in New York in this bubble. And when everything is great, well, uh, you know, um, acceptance wise and, yeah. And you forget that you're still from Ukraine and there's still no gay people. Not Some of them are coming out, but I know a lot of people that are gays and they're still in the closet and will never point, you know, to themselves as gay people. And that's Ukraine. That's the country I'm, I'm, I'm coming from. But what about, you know, 72 other countries and 13 countries where being gay is punishable by death and countries where you're getting thrown into jail because you're gay and somebody will be thrown into a jail if they don't tell on you, if they know. And that's what we are trying to raise awareness about and continue fighting. We're seeing it now in, seeing it now, aren't we in Poland, in um, Hungary, Uh, they're, they're, they're winding back, regimes now where LGBT acceptance was 
more, more positive and now Poland it's there's an anti LGBT agenda. Yeah. I think is it is Hungary where it's anti trans legislation has been put in uh and Belarus when they just accepted yeah. the amendments to the constitution, yes, where you know the marriage is only between a man and a woman, which uh, was always there, but now they established. So if you are married in another country and you're coming back to Russia, you don't have any rights. You don't have any spouse privilege. And um, it's happening now, as we say, you know, we live in, you know, 2020 and it is happening everywhere. Some, something, something is happening when you would say, you know, we're in 21st century and we've seen so much in our history we've learned so much and yet we we still have so much to learn and so much to do and so much to fight for unfortunately but no for sure i mean when i when i went to ukraine i was i was nervous i would i i, I used my my western bias if you like assuming that it was going to be dark horrible and i was going to be at risk and i spoke to the conference organizers i was, I was speaking at a conference there and they assured me like hey no it's this cosmopolitan this is full of it's part of Ukraine. It's full of Western companies, Facebook and Twitter and big companies like that. It'd be fine. No, don't worry about it. And I thought, okay. And to be honest, when I was there, I had a completely positive experience. It was, there's a few times where I, I had men walk straight through me, but I think that was more of a sexism thing than a, than a LGBT thing where I was standing in the supermarket and I was expected to just get out of the way of men as they walked past me or through me. And I, I found that very much on the streets as you're walking along, there's a very, very much a misogynistic attitude that women get out of the way of men and men are just coming through and they don't even, don't even look at you. They just get out of my way sort of thing. So I found that a bit strange. It's kind of the attitude of the, uh, of, of right of way, if you like. And, uh, I, I realize it's quite a male dominated sort of kind of do as you told sort of society. Oh, yeah. Um- uh, yeah it's apart from apart from those kind of little little moments i found i had no 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 concerns at all i mean, I, I had a very similar experience in uh estonia in Tallinn. um i had complete acceptance there speaking at conferences talking to people it wasn't an issue uh but i i am a bit nervous about ever going to moscow or back to Gdansk or even budapest you know i'm just i'm i'm now thinking do i put those on my no-fly list because it's it's not a safe place to go anymore, are they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I am very happy that you had a pleasant experience in Ukraine. Um, so happy. Yeah. Ukraine is changing uh, for sure. The kids that we were, you know, it's a new generation that is there. Um, the teenagers or pre-adults when we were kids, they were much tougher on, uh, you know, on bullying and thank God it's changing now. And I hope for the better that, you know, every generation will bring something bright and delightful into the culture. Um, but, you know, as we said that you know, Eastern and Western Ukraine are uh, still sort of divided. Uh, there was so much going on on the territory of that country. You know, Western was always Poland was fighting for that side. Russia was fighting for that side or Russian empire before Russia itself. And it was always, you know, always a war, always divided. Uh, the world war one, world war two, like everything was happening on that land. 
and so many people mm. and in intelligent people were killed and here we are left you know sort of the sort of the slaves of the situation left and decided not decided but had were forced to you know just live now and uh develop our nations on our own and we didn't have much of a of a brain capacity if that would mm. be uh because I mean, you, you mentioned Poland, Poland just there, and, and, and Russia, and from a, from a UK perspective, we didn't learn much uh, about Eastern Europe history and and the rise and and the, and the cultures in, in Eastern Europe. But when I was in Kiev, I learned that, that Poland were effectively your nemesis; you, they were your invaders, and so Poland were your old adversary, weren't they, from the Ukraine? And uh, we right, right, right. Never knew any of that. Yeah, that, that's what they taught us, you know. Yeah, we weren't we weren't there. <laughs> we couldn't see. No, 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 no. Told us. But, uh, so uh, it made me it made me realize that we only hear the history that we hear. We don't we don't necessarily get taught about the rest of the world. And so I'm living in this very UK educated world, and I, I haven't learned about the history of, of Ukraine. And, and I mean, you can't learn everything. I appreciate, but it suddenly made me realize that I've got this very narrow view of, 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 of the world that I see. And it makes me more hungry to find out about other cultures and about uh, other people's history to understand the lived experience and, and why people yeah, I guess experience how, the world they do. I guess that's how the world is getting divided by, you know, not being hungry as we are to learn, but being stubborn and closed up in the opinion and just the history and just the information they know. And, you know, they've learned just that much about that piece of the country or a piece of the world. And they're standing by it, not accepting the, what was going on, you know, and what is the opinion, for example, of the other country, even if two countries were in war, what that country learned and the other one, it's a completely different history. So acceptance mm. acceptance and one more time acceptance into everything in our lives and for, oh, me, for sure i mean i mean let's, let's talk about some of the happiest stuff in your life you know so <laughs> how, how, how you're now spreading this <laughs> as you put it this, this seed to build a forest of of love and acceptance in the world and you're doing that through music through dance through through um your creative side yeah I was so like, oh sorry you, you, you mentioned you were you were um Involved with the Eurovision Song Contest, so you wrote some lyrics. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I um, I started writing songs since I was thirteen. I think that's the moment when you you know you're creating a shield, but then you still have to talk it out. So you start writing poetry and you start writing songs and putting all your emotions in there and all your pain in there, and it's sort of like your sacred place. And um, I was writing in Russian when I was sixteen. I started learning. English and I started writing in English and, um, you know, started writing for myself. And when I was 18, when I was 19, okay, that was 20, when I was 20, <laughs> I, um, recorded already, uh, two of my own songs. And then as I go on in 23, I released an album of mine, it's called State of Liberty. And I was like, listen, I'm enjoying writing songs how cool that would be to write for somebody else and, you know, have some compensation for it. And also why not? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and th- yeah, that was one of the dreams of mine. And then in 2000, ah, uh, no idea. Four years ago, 16, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometime, 16, I departed on, um, I landed a job Well, I fought for the job to be a dancer on the cruise line. And we traveled the world and we actually crossed the Atlantica once again on a boat. Incredible experience. And I was a dancer. I worked as a dancer in a show on the cruise ship for seven months. And during that time, a manager of Ukrainian artists contacts me. We sort of like met each other somewhere before. And she's like, he's looking to, you know, record songs in English. Would you help him with writing lyrics? Like, oh my God, absolutely. Yes. And I think the first song was um, for Eurovision for the competition, but a year before he went. Um, And ever since we started working uh, with him, I am actually in the process of writing new lyrics for the new song of his, but he didn't make the cut the first year to, to the Eurovision. So we just, he carried on with creating an album and more music and more music. And I worked on most of the songs with him. And then a year later, he's like, all right, we're going to try it again. Let's, let's uh, write another song for the Eurovision. And he did an incredible job. I was happy to, you know, be a part of it. And he made the cut. He went to Eurovision, put out a beautiful, beautiful performance and made it to the finals. And um, all in all, it was great to see, you know, our names together uh, listed on the screen in Eurovision as in him, him as a songwriter, me as a, a lyricist. It was, it was it was beautiful, incredible. And uh, Ukraine, you know, I was here, living here already, and Ukraine was watching and screening, uh, screenshotting, um, you know, everything what was going on there like oh my god did you write this song did you write this song i'm like not the song lyrics but yes thank you. <laughs> uh it was, wow. it was wonderful my grandparents were very very happy because <laughs> because lyrics and songs are just a, a way of storytelling telling future generations telling your the people who listen to you your truth your story your message and through that, you can you can spread love or hate or whatever whatever message you want to share. And I, I'm hearing that you're using your lyrics, your music, as a way of of empowering the younger generation to to live more freely and to and to show more acceptance to the world. Is that that's, oh, yeah. what, that's what you're saying? Is it? Yeah. This is this is yeah. This is this has been my goal for since I started writing, but I. You know, still, I still seen this as a goal, but at the same time, I was dealing with my own pain and my own experience that I had to not outgrow, but, you know, experience and live through it. And now as I'm 25, I finally have the feeling that, you know, I've been there. I, I actually been there and I, I'm here now. I've changed my life completely. I moved to the States and living here. I, I got married, I came out, um, and now I'm, I'm ready to not just speak my truth, but also to encourage those kids as I was once, you know, and when you are 13, the world is still so hard on you. When you're 25, the world is hard on you. When you're 60, the world is hard. 
But when you're 13, you don't have much experience to deal with it. And that's where you're looking at for, you're looking for that out there, you know, somewhere. And, um, when I was 13, when I was 16, when I was going through, um, my first falling in love and Mm. breaking out of love, but, um, sort of breaking up, not even being together because, um, you know, I fell in love with a guy the first time and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know who to tell. I didn't know what to do with the feelings that I'm experiencing. And that's, that's where I got into one of the, I had two depressions in my life for, for a year that time. And when my dad passed away, uh, and that time I realized that if I don't pull myself out of there, um, nobody's going to, that's why, that's where I was looking for anybody to tell me anything that I'm just going to be okay. That's where Lady Gaga really helped with her message. And I appreciate her for that so much. Um, Mm. There were so many people that have been doing it, but who made it to Ukraine, you know, who made, who made the cut (laughs) to be screen and being on the radio. And then when you Google her contents and what is she saying, you hear that message and you know that, okay, uh, so it is happening. It is true that, uh, you know, there, there's, the people do not accept sometimes people and that that's, that's not okay, but it is what it is, but you still can make it and you can change your life for the better and, uh, just keep going. And, uh, I want to be, uh, one of those people who, you know, if there's going to be one 13 or 16 years old, uh, who's going to listen to my message once and that's going to change his life. I will be the happiest person on earth because I realized one thing I'm 25 and life is better now for me. And I thought that life is better for everybody right now. (laughs) As just looking through my perspective. I'm like, look at that 16 years old. He looks like he's got it. He's got it all. Like he figured it out. Like I couldn't, but it's not true. It's not true. Some people didn't. Some people are still teenagers that need a lot of help to guide them through until until they're in a better place. So my music and my storytelling through music videos, which we finally, I'm so happy we just shot one this past weekend. We shot a music video. And uh, I'm continuing working on more meaningful and more storytelling songs, which uh, my days is sort of a breakthrough for me, uh, completely different from State of Liberty album, which was based on me dealing with my uh, pain of loss. Um, and my days is sort of dealing with the world that was thrown at me, and I have to, I had to grow up and find my place. Mm. And now the song that I'm working on, called Great Society, which. Um, starts with, I've been told all my life there's no place for me to be. Things like me don't survive in the great society. I have lived all my life fighting for this, hiding for the sake of life, had no rights to decide whether I had my right. So, um, yeah, I'll just 
I'll continue fighting for people because yeah. we are all the same at the core and we all need help and we all need acceptance and love. Yeah, this is, I mean, the other lyrics you, you sent me was, we plan this life like there's tomorrow, like there's no injuries or death, like there's no room for sorrow, like I'll kiss your face in the morrow, subconsciously avoiding the mess. Very powerful, yeah, giving people inspiration that there's, uh, we've got to, we've got to try and look in the positive. We've got to be there for each other. I mean, we've got to, got to avoid the negative sometimes and, and, and push forward with all the positives in life. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, even, even if we are making a change in our lives, we still need a lot of help and a lot of support. So to be kind is the message to be kind and to be empathetic. You never know what's going on with a person that's standing or sitting next to you. My mom actually planted that seed in me. She was like, she was telling me from the very, very beginning of my life, um, just imagine how would the other person feel? And that message was so strong when I would do anything bad. <laughs> and I, oh my God, that kid, thank, thank God for my parents. I don't know how they dealt with me. But I was, I was trying. I didn't know what the world was. You know, I was just like having fun. And sometimes having fun doesn't mean you're not hurting anybody. And that's what I always say. You can do in your life whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anybody else in any way. Um, and yeah, she would always say, just imagine how how would other person feel? And it would plant such a, such a strong seed that grew into even a bigger forest of compassion that I would never on purpose do anything to hurt anybody in any, any, any way. And mm. that gives me that ache for every person in the world on our planet, because we are all trying to make it. We're all trying to survive or trying to eat to sleep in a you know warm place while trying to escape persecution in any way. We're all just trying to be happy and to find a better life for ourselves because most of us live in poverty. Most of us, you know, trying to make it from a paycheck to a paycheck or even just trying to find where to get the paycheck you know, where to get a penny, where to get a dollar to, to just feed your family. And my mom would always struggle, would always come back home, would always count every penny, you know, write those bills. And lots of the time would cry, not knowing how to make it. And I only understood it. I saw it always. I'm like, mom, don't cry. But I only understood it when I just moved to the States. And I knew if I, you know, if I don't make the dollar, I'm not going to be able to pay the rent. I don't have anybody who's going to help me with the rent. So if I don't pay the rent, I'll be homeless in a country that is still new to me. If I don't make extra dollar, I will not eat. So most of the time I would get through the day just with one sandwich. Um, and then I called my mom and I said, mom, <laughs> I finally understand you. And I still do not understand how still every night you go 
to bed thinking how you're going to feed your family tomorrow. So I try to help my family as much as possible, but it's just, it's most of us, you know, it's a lot of people. Yeah. I was just hunting around on the internet there <laughs> and I found your, your, your track, my days and I uh, found it on Amazon music. So sweet. Are you? I'm going to I'm gonna have to download that, listen to that afterwards. And uh, so, yeah, it must be, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. You, you're, you're a proper music artist, aren't you? You're, you've got, <laughs> you've got a career. I mean, I love it. I love in the cover, you know, the, that, that artwork is, is, is that you with the, uh, um, I'm guessing it is you. Yeah, I can see you in there. Yeah. So that's, that's you with the clouds on your eyes. <laughs> it is totally me. Um, yeah. totally seen that idea somewhere. So, um, I borrowed it, uh, made it a little different, but I, I love the sky, uh, covering the face. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had this idea and, uh, the track was already ready. I had to upload it to the in internet for it to come out on a specific date. And I told my husband, John, I'm like, all right, um, could you please take a, a picture of me? That's going to be on the cover of the song. He's like, uh, sure. <laughs> and I put a lamp, uh, behind my back. I throw, I threw a napkin, uh, on it. So it created this, um, um, beautiful sunset color behind my back. And before the napkin got on fire, we took uh, <laughs> a few pictures that I then cropped and edited and uh, put a sky on my face and uh, sent yeah. it to my friend who just broke Riles my days. And uh, here he goes. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I love it. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's so nice. Just like you just had a workout, you kind of got this nice sort of, Oh yeah, yeah, glossy, yeah. Sort of like he's like, all right, you ready? I'm like, this purple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my <laughs> husband was like, you ready? I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So I need to spray myself. <laughs> yes, that's what. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, it's a it's a it's a great photo. I mean, that's uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's uh, yeah. I want to see the one without the clouds now. I want to see. I want to see the uh, the full shot. So we have to. Oh, have, have to send me that one. Yeah, I have to send it. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, so, so if you've got you've got big plans, you know, this is just the, the the beginning of your your music and dance career and songwriting career. So you, if you've got big big ambitions, I mean, I know you've got big ambitions. You've you've up sticks and, and flown across the world, arrived in New York. You're not going to be beaten. So what do, what do you what's your what's your mission? What, what, are you are you working with uh, record producers or are you are you in which in shows i appreciate covid and lockdown is uh probably put a bit of a dent on it for a while but what were your ambitions are we going to see you headlining with with lady gaga at some point oh my god that'd be a dream i would just i would just like to meet her to tell her thank you very much for guiding a lot of us through um mm. oh my god it's just i'm gonna have tears on my eyes um um you know i had my dance and singing career or just my life, uh, since the very beginning, I was very artsy. I would sing from, since I was like four, I would have concerts and at my dad's, dad's work. Uh, you know, I would come, my mom would put me on the chair and everybody would stop work. And I would sing a whole concert of 40 minutes <laughs> to everybody. <clears throat> and then, um, um, I was singing and dancing at 12, as I said, uh, we went to Hungary for a dance competition. Then after school, I enrolled into, um, art academy 
to get my acting degree, degree in acting, um, and then as an acting teacher as well. Um, then I, uh, got into musical theater in Ukraine and, um, was there for two years. Then I embarked on, uh, on this journey on the boat around the world dancing and they held a com uh, the rehearsals in New York. So, um, it was a great comeback after three years, I came back. Um, and then I came back home. I recorded the whole album that I already put together on the ship. I'm like, all right, this is the time I have to take this first step as a recording artist because I am in my head for 10 years, but I have to actually do it. Um, and then three, three months I'm recording an album and then I'm departing on an even bigger journey because I'm going to New York and see how that goes. And, and, you know, so much have happened, um, during like my life already before that I was always in a rush. I was always trying to get out of where I was. I was trying to, you know, make my life more real for me and not hiding behind anything anymore and, and dance and sing and act and dance and sing and act and always, always, always switching cultures, switching countries, switching languages, like switching surround, you know, people that surrounding me, friends and family, not that I've switched completely, but now they're behind, uh, you know, seven hours ahead of me. <laughs> so we're always on the phone. And that's why I had to start working with a psychologist because I just said to her, you know, this is, this is a lot. Like, I don't, I don't even know what my dream is anymore. I think I've just ran so far that I don't know where I am. So for two years, I sort of like took a huge break from everything artsy. I was just trying to survive and working lots of jobs and, um, getting to know the culture and people and, uh, making that feel like home, uh, from scratch. So as I started working with the psychologist, I started working with, um, music consultant from Nashville. I said to him, listen, I haven't done anything in two years. This is me. Um, here I am. I've been writing some music, but I don't even know what to do with it anymore. And I started working with a psychologist at the same time. And I said, I don't know what my dream is anymore. And it's been three, four months. And I have never felt so, so good because, um, I, I, I see my dream again. You know, I established myself as a person on the other side, sort of, I'm not the person who needs help. I'm the person who can give help. Either it's a word, either it's, you know, some financial fundraising, fundraising that, um, my husband does such a good job with that because we partnered, we're partnered with Rainbow Railroad organization that we met um, about a year ago. Organization, uh, located in Canada has, uh, some office in here in the States. And they help LGBTQI people escape persecution uh, physically. They trying to get them a visa. They trying to get them a flight ticket. They trying to help them to establish themselves in an, another country. Um, they constantly need, need money, constantly because you know to transfer transfer one person from a country to a country 
it's a, a minimum $13,000, a minimum. And they receive so many letters with, please, I need help. I don't know how to carry on with my life. Um, and I found myself that, yeah, this, this is it. I've, I have changed my life and now I can try and help somebody else. Um, so this, where the music is not just spilling out my emotions, that's where the music is the voice of me and of many, many other people that feel that they don't express it in music or words, but they feel that. And I want to be the voice of us, of those people, of all, you know, of all of us. So that's where the music became my voice now. And now I know what to do with it and where to go. So I'm very blessed, very happy to work on the music again. My days was out um, a few weeks ago. Now we shot a music video. Now we are recording Great Society. And we'll put together the EP hopefully by winter. And there's so many more plans uh, for spring with the, new, with the new music. And hopefully the pandemic will be over soon. So partnering with Gab organization, which is Generation Against Bullying, uh, me and a few other artists will depart on a school tour around the country and performing and talking to kids about, um, you know, kindness and love and support and no bullying allowed. Um, oh, and amazing. Helping, amazing. Helping prevent yeah. any suicidal thoughts. And uh, yeah, there's so, so much to do. <laughs> Has been, has been always say so much to do. So, um, so you, you must look at your life today versus the life in Ukraine that you could have had. And there's, there's no comparison really, is there? I mean, you, you must love your parents, your family, your country of birth where you were brought up that culture, but you've gained so much acceptance in America in your new life that, that this must be, it must be a real hard for your brain to sort of say to still love your country because you're so embraced where you are now and you can't necessarily be yourself at home can you your your, your birth home right um yeah that's that's something i talk about psych with my psychologist about because um you know my first sessions were um sorry for sharing very personal things um my first sessions were i'm like i i couldn't find my life in Ukraine. And what if, what if here, you know, I will not be a complete person as well because my family is there. Like how, how, how does it work? Like, where does one find peace? Uh, I was very confused. Um, I think I found peace. I think I'm very happy with my family being there with me being here. Um, cannot wait to visit them. Absolutely. I think that would be a new phase in my life when we are seeing each other um, and I'm seeing my friends and um, definitely. Um, but, you know, I, I went through so many phases in my life where uh, as growing up, so you're that 13 years old boy and you do not understand why the whole world is against you, with the, which the whole world is your country and your surroundings. You don't know any any other experiences. So you do not understand. So I was hating my country. I was hating people. I had so much hate that I just did not understand why, you know, why 
just literally the question why. Um, and then I've come to realize, I think after I visited States and I came back and my dad passed away and there was that year of grief. And as I was coming out of that depression, year of depression, I realized I don't hate my country. I think it's all for a reason. Um, I think that is making me stronger. Thank God it didn't break me, but it, it is making me stronger. And, um, and it's time to move on. You know, I'm thankful for, for all the experience and how I grew up because maybe I appreciate other ex- experiences now more. Um, and here I actually do have the opportunity of be myself and be the voice because honestly, I don't know if I personally, me would be able to do it in Ukraine. Uh, some people do, some people do not. And I'm very, very proud and happy for people who can, because they're even maybe stronger than me. You know, they, they fighting in the zone of war and I'm fighting from sort of a safe, safe place, let's say, but I had to gain this feeling of safety to be able to carry on with uh, my message. Yeah, so through love, through peace, you're spreading your message rather than through arms and struggle. Yes. So yours are more peaceful. Um, so not only have you found peace, you found a passion and you found a purpose to your life oh my that God, you didn't so have much. before. So all those all those things come together to, to make life have meaning for you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I always had a feeling that, you know, once once I'll be the voice, you know, I'm I'm 14, I'm 15. Once I'll be the voice, you know, I'm sure the pain that I experienced, a lot of people do, but I couldn't, I couldn't because I was in pain. And if you, if you're in pain, I don't think you can help somebody unless you overcame it and you have the word of kindness to say, you're going to make it too. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to, we all do. Um, Hmm. Yeah. yeah, you need to remove your own pain to a certain point before you can help others because you're not careful. You're, you end up mixing your pain with their pain. You've got to kind of be in that comfortable position where you find yourself first before you can help others. Yeah. yeah so this, this small town boy from Ukraine, just outside of Kiev, a Harry Potter fan. Oh, huge. Uh, and, and ended up in New York living the dream, uh, writing music, having a, a song as part of the Eurovision. <laughs> uh, this, this must be kind of, at, at the age of 12 or 13, you, you, you couldn't have predicted everything you've had. You may have found you wanted it, but you, you couldn't see it until you did it, could you? Yeah, that's true. And then that, that is absolutely true. And when you did it or we do it, then you're looking back at that boy at 13 and then you tell, yeah. tell yourself, oh my God, wait, so... I am living a dream despite all the struggle, despite anything that life throws at you, it is life, but you mm. are living a dream. Yeah, that's true. It's your life. Nobody else is, and you've taken control and owned it and you're doing it for yourself. That's that's for the benefit of others as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you still got family back in the Ukraine. I, mean, I, I Do you have brothers or sisters? I have a younger brother. Yeah. He's 20 now. Yeah. 20. Wow. 
is he is he going to follow you, or is he is he finding his own life in Ukraine? Do you, is he got a his own mission? I think he is right at the moment of figuring out what what is the position in life he's going to take. What is his life? You know, because um, he was thirteen. I was eighteen. He was thirteen when Dad passed away, and um, um, yeah, and. You know, we are different, definitely. I cannot compare our lives at all. Um, I wish him, you know, the happiest life ever, but he going to have to create it on his own. And I'm always there, always there for him to help him, to motivate him as much as I can every day, anytime, anytime. Love him to death. But I think right now he's at the moment where he has to work. He's forced to work because there's no money. So you have to have money. But you still... You're still 20. You're just 20 and the whole life mm. is ahead of you. And I just, I just want to plant that seed in his head that you don't have to work that work. You can try a million different jobs before you find yourself because he found that what he does right now, it's not exactly the purpose of life and it does not make him happy. So, um, but you know, he needs to expand his bubble to see yeah. other experiences, to see other and countries and people and everything. And, and then, 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 then decide what he wants to do. It doesn't have to be, if he cannot do it, you know, otherwise, like I want to do this and I'll pursue it, then try a million things and then pick one. Mm. Oh, that's so powerful. You can have a million different jobs. You can have a million different lives. That is so true. And I think often we're told we have to make a decision and stick with it. But actually, no, we can, we can try something out and say, At any point, I, I'm free. I can, I can, I can change. I don't need to be living by some rule. I, I can find my own freedom, find my own direction. So that, that's, that's very powerful. That's a, it's a great yeah. takeaway. It, it's the that, hardest uh, to do when the only people that influence you are your parents because you're still little mm. and your parents tell you that, you know, find a job, uh, make money, be safe, uh, stick mm. to it. Don't change anything. And when you grow up with that every day, you're hearing that, of course, your body is going to be like, wait, so is that true? Do I have to live by that truth? What if that does mm. not make me happy? Do I still have to stick to it? And it, it's it's hard. Even if you have a person or you find a person who tells you otherwise, you actually can follow your dreams. You actually can do whatever you want. If you don't have a dream, you'll find one, but look for it. Don't just, don't go for less if it does not make you happy, if it does, oh, please stay. Like you don't have to feel pressured that you have to do everything in the world. If staying in a small town, doing a small thing makes you happy, please do. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. If it does make you happy, don't feel pressured. Never. I always say, uh, don't your, your version of happy is the important thing. You're happy Absolutely. with what you're doing. Ask, yeah. you, ask yourself, what is it that's making you happy? And then, Fight as path. I said, don't listen to other people who tell you otherwise. It helped me. People will tell you always only, you know, something from their own perspective, from their own unaccomplishment or on their, or their own jealousy or something. People who made it actually, or people who are happy, going to tell you, just do what makes you happy. They're not going to tell you stick with one job. They're not going to tell you you have you have to do something. I think when you meet someone who's truly happy, 
you don't always realize that that person has, to, has had to be has been unhappy a fair few times to find out what makes them happy eventually and that you don't always find happiness first time uh, but you've got to have the strength and courage to to keep exploring your own happiness and to keep to keep looking for it and don't settle don't settle if it's not making you happy that's yes. but when you, you're right when you find it enjoy it be there yes yeah, yes sure. definitely realize that, realize that that's uh that's the thing that makes you happy keep it mm. until well, it does if it doesn't carry on don't be afraid doing it keep get on that plane get on that plane please find do. a new life please and do. please do well that we've, we've spent over an hour together and before the show we were, we were chatting away as well and no doubt we'll probably chat some more before we hang up but i mean that's been amazing it's been really great to get to know you um to learn about the, the person the man behind the text the words the songs i've I'm, i've found your website uh which is Riles Official. It's R-Y-A-L-S official.com. And I've just been on it. I've, I'm having a look. It's got your album cover there or your song cover. You can listen to the track and it's uh, download it, buy it. Got behind the scenes so people can find out more about you as well. And there's some some great stuff there. So, yeah, I, I, you. if you're listening, visit RilesOfficial.com. It'll be in the, in the show notes. And you're big on Instagram as well. Have you got an Instagram account as well? Yes, it's uh, Riles official as well. Uh, <laughs> made, made it clear. Um, my friend was joking about it. It's like, oh, you're official now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> totally, totally am. Um, Riles. That's your, that's your married name, is it? Official's your married name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's all official. <laughs> it's not playing around. Uh, yes, please find me on Instagram. And if you have any questions or you know, just want to share your story, please do. I always try to answer everybody. Um, I love getting to know new people and I have uh, so many people around the world that, you know, started as a like, oh, hi, I love your pictures too. Right now it's like, you know, how's your career going? I'm asking them or they asking me and just like chatting about life and their experiences, their pain, their uh, so much. And we are so different, but so the same. It's it's crazy how we are. And if we speak the language of love or kindness, we're totally the same and going through the same things. And uh, I love, 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 love getting to know people from uh, each and every part of the world. That makes it so, you know, our huge planet cozy and small. <laughs> Looking at the website, I mean, there's some really powerful photographs of you on stage, Um some beautiful lighting, uh, beautiful costumes, um, and you look incredible in in all of them. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh my god! So, thank you so much. If, if if nothing else, go and just check out Ryan's uh, abs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, thank you. So yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some great shots there. So yeah, listen to the music, follow Riles on Instagram, and check out Riles' uh, website. There's some. It's a great artistic talent there. Um, it looks like you've been in cats or something because you're wearing a like a, a furry suit in one one of the shots. So one of the quite, numbers quite from Tom Tiger, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's, there's some great stuff there. So no, go and check it out. So Miles, thank you, thank you, um, thank you, audience. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for uh, staying with us. Uh, a huge thank you for, for 
getting this far. It's, it's been, a, it's been inspirational for myself. So if you're listening, please do subscribe uh, to keep updates on future episodes of the Inclusion Bites podcast. That's B-I-T-E-S. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, and ask them to subscribe as well. I've got a number of other exciting guests lined up that I'm sure you'll be equally inspired by over the next few weeks and months. And of course, if you'd like to be a guest, if you're listening in, you'd like to take part, then please do. Um, you don't have to be a global music superstar to, to come on, on the show. You can be, you could have a dream. You can, you could be finding your happiness and you want to share that. So I welcome any suggestions or feedback you may have to joe.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. That's joe.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. Um, tell me about future shows. Tell me how we can improve. So finally, all this to say is my name is Joanne Lockwood. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be your host today for this podcast. Catch you next time. Bye.